Hey guys, Danny here, and on this episode of Music Lesson Business Academy, I'm going to tell you about the biggest, scariest change or pivot that I've ever made at my school. Here we go. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Musical Lesson Business Academy. I'm your host, Danny Thompson. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, if this is your first time here, you picked a doozy of an episode <laughs> to listen to. But um, for you regular listeners, I think this is going to be a good one as well. And uh, like I mentioned in the intro there, uh, I'm making the biggest, scariest change ever at my music school right now. And uh, I'm going to tell you about it today because I announced it today with my student base. So uh, I'm going to get into all of that and uh, why I'm doing it and everything that goes with it. But first, this episode is brought to you by NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, and website design Go over and check out NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. Talk to Chris and Jen over there. Mention that you heard about it on Music Lesson Business Academy and you'll save 100 bucks off. Um, I've been using them for my Google AdWords. They're doing a great job. Highly recommended. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone. TeacherZone.com for all your scheduling, billing, and student learning management needs. I've been using those guys since like day one. I think I was maybe the second school that signed up with them. And it just keeps getting better and better. I've used pretty much everything out there for scheduling and billing and whatnot. And I really love TeacherZone. I think it works great. Um, constantly doing updates. And I know there's some cool stuff coming down the pike here soon. Uh, give those guys a call. They would love to give you a free demo, teacherzone.com. All right, with that said, guys, let's get right into the episode. So today, August 3rd, 2020, I sent out a video message to all of our students, letting them know that we will not be going back to in-person lessons ever. So slight caveat on that. Uh, and I'll tell you basically what the message said, which is guitar lessons, piano lessons, and voice lessons are going to be online forever. We are going to maintain a small building to do drum lessons. Uh, we want our bands to be able to uh, rehearse in person, of course, do kids rock, small, you know, uh, do bills, group piano class, things like that. Uh, maybe some DJ lessons in person. A few of the things that might take a little bit of, you know, that really need in person to be uh, as effective drums, we can go either way. I'd say 60% of our students 
are staying online for drums, even though we've been open for drum lessons. Um, but those basic um, private lessons, we're, we're never going back. So I guess I, I can give you a little bit of background. I, obviously, I've been thinking about this. I didn't make a rash decision overnight. I've been thinking about it for a couple of months, actually. And, you know, there's a lot of elements that I think about. One is, you know, I think that the future of what we're doing is going to continually go more and more in this direction. It's only going to get better. And I know there's a lot of pushback right now, um, you know, about, well, I can't do this or we can't do that or it's not as good as in person. A lot of it, I think, is that you haven't really tried hard enough and you haven't really explored all the technological elements that are really are there to try to make these lessons better and better and better. And each instrument's a little bit different. And, and I can go into a little bit more, uh, f- you know, further into this episode, some of the things that we do um, to make online lessons really, really good. What I see 99% of schools doing uh, and how they're doing their online lessons. Yeah, I wouldn't really want to do that either. I don't think that looks or sounds uh, close. And, and I think a lot of that is because everyone is sort of doing it as a temporary measure. So as soon as we started doing online lessons, and I, and I know I've talked about this in other episodes, we decided, well, if we're going to experiment with this, we're going to get great at it. And even if we go back to being in the school at some point, um, we're going to try to continually build the online lesson business. And somewhere along the lines, I started really looking at some of the cool things we were doing with online lessons and the elements that make it in a lot of ways an easier business. In some ways, it's easier. Um, And it also fits more of the lifestyle of what I want to be doing in my life. You know, I'm kind of mobile. I've always liked working from home. I was working my way out of being involved at the school every day anyway, getting ready to move out of the area a bit, not too far, but a couple hours away. Um, Certainly not where I could just be at the school every day. And, you know, there's just so many positive elements to building this online business. Um, You know, obviously, the English-speaking world becomes a customer. So, you know, can I maintain a decent student base when I have so many more people to draw from? And I think that we can. I don't think this is necessarily going to be easy. I don't think it's going to happen right away. Um, And I am nervous to some extent, but I'm also rejuvenated and excited at the same time. And, you know, here's here's a few other elements of things that I I really thought about with this is, you know, when we were getting ready to reopen the school. I didn't even think that we would get open. And we ended up being open for a week before we had to shut down. And even back then, you know, when I talked to the partners, I said, if we get shut down again, we're never reopening. Like, this is it. We're going to go online. And, uh, you know, we saw it coming. We had a big talk. And we felt that we could, we could keep the school open, no problem. You know, we could do what we were doing with that mindset of maybe going back to, you know, opening the school or limited opening and and that type of thing, we could meander along, burn through all of our loan money that we've got sitting kind of, you know, in the, in the coffers, you know, as a backup, we could burn through all that and be, you know, 
a year from now, so next summer in July, I felt like most likely that will be the earliest that there's not going to be any restrictions on your lessons. And I think that, you know, you know, trust me, obviously you guys listened to the show early on. I was somebody going, oh, we're really, we're closing things like this is crazy. This doesn't seem like it makes sense. But as you also know, I'm a huge science guy. I, I listen to several science podcasts a week. I, I follow certain blogs, you know, that I read every week when they come out, all science related. I, I follow that stuff real thoroughly. So I, I feel that the information that I get based on this is, is more accurate. I, I'm not just, I don't really just listen to like the regular news. There's just too much noise, you know, for that. And I think the reality is maybe, maybe next summer at this time, we'll be back in our schools doing regular business. And we're probably going to be in a horrific economic situation at that point. Now, I could keep the school open. We weren't, we're not in any danger of really closing, but I've had the school for a really long time. And we are down about 30% or so, which for us is 100 students or more, you know. And rebuilding that next starting next summer, I don't think, you know, I get students right now, of course, but we lose students as well. And we're just kind of maintaining. And I think it's going to be a really tough go to be gaining a lot of students doing what we were doing. And to be honest with you, after having the school 12 or 13 years, I just wasn't interested. Um, the thought of scratching and clawing it out for a couple years to try to build the school back up to what it was, just I'm not interested in doing it. I just don't have it in me anymore. I've been doing it too long. I have to keep moving towards something bigger and better. And I felt that for us to make this pivot, I, I feel that it's almost a certainty that that's where we were going to end up, right? Keeping in mind that we bought this other second location, which I have to deal with as well. Um, and that, that's kind of in the background, and we're going to have to figure out exactly what we're doing there. But we can kind of keep it as is for now. I mean, they'll be uh, doing online lessons as well, but we want to do group classes down there. We just might not really be able to do it for a while. Um, <clears throat> So, you know, we're talking to the landlord and seeing what we can figure out down there. But <clears throat> I felt it was a certainty that we would meander along in the middle ground, right? Of, well, we're doing online lessons because we have to, but we're really just waiting for the school to open. And, oh, we get to open and then we get to close. And then we're going to open and then we're going to close. And the week that we opened... I had one teacher have to stay home because he was showing symptoms, turned out to be negative, and I had a student call that very day whose brother tested positive. If that had been one day later, that student would have come in the school, and then we would have had to do all the rigmarole of shutting it down and calling everybody and everything. And the logistical element of what all of us are dealing with I started to really think that through and I was like, well, this, not, this isn't a matter of if, this is a matter of how often are we going to have somebody get exposed at the school? And is that really going to work? And is, it really, is that really better for the students to do a half-assed version 
of in-person lessons. Because if you're open right now, you're not doing business the way you always did. It's nothing like what it used to be. And being in a room with masks on, and, and trust me, I'm a full supporter of the masks. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very diligent in, um, you know, being a good citizen. I wear my mask. I don't go out and do anything unnecessary. I don't get together with friends, nothing. I go ride my bikes. That's about it. Other than that, I, I'm by myself and just doing my thing. And, uh, you know, but I mean, being in a small lesson room with masks on, maybe plexiglass. I've seen some people even build like almost like mini studios where it's like separate rooms. That's <laughs> basically an online lesson. Like it, it, it's so close. I would rather utilize cool technology of an online lesson like Cordy and Manicam and you know, we're, we're discovering more and more cool technology all the time to make the lessons better. And yes, there are some technical limitations right now, but there may not be in a year. There may not be in two years. You know, we don't, we don't know. I would imagine based on everything that we're seeing and dealing with that, the technology is going to keep better, getting better and better when it comes to this kind of thing. So to me, I feel that it's a smarter move to make this pivot now. I can lose a bunch of students and not have the overhead of my building. I'm going to have just a small uh, spot. So a reduced overhead, but it's not just the rent. It's all the other things that go along with carrying the cost of that building, which for us was seven or $8,000 a month. I can go backwards quite a bit in students right now if, if that happens. And I'm giving everybody a little price. Well, not everybody, but my 30-minute students are getting a little bit of a price break. So that was one of the ways that we presented it to them is that we're passing along a little bit of savings to them and still cover all the bills and make some money. And if I build the school back up to, you know, not even where we were, I could be 50, 60, 70 less students than what I was before and make more profit for myself and the other partners. So, you know, I have to also always keep in mind and, and, you know, everyone's situation is different. I have partners at the school. So the pro, you know, it's not like I was the only one taking partner salary and I'm just going to take, you know, less for now and I, I can still get by on it. There's, there's several of us. So, you know, we were faced with like, we're not going to be making any money for the next year and a half, two years. And, and I just wasn't willing to, to scratch and claw that hard after 13 years. I don't love it that much. You know, I, I, you know, I'm nostalgic about the school and, and there's a lot of things that I love about it that have been great, but I just wasn't willing to do that. So making this pivot now gives us the opportunity to save all of our loans and all that stuff and kind of keep it in the coffers, keep working on our technology, redefine, you know, how do we teach the lessons kind of, you know, rethinking this whole thing. We, the way we presented it to is that we are reimagining the way that we teach people to play music. And we know flat out, it's not going to be for everybody. And there's challenges, you know, I got a call, a lead today and it's, you know, a five-year-old student or whatever. Um, and, and those are tough, right? It's harder to do a young student. And, you know, those are things that we have to, to get over. Um, so 
you know, when I looked at all those things, to me, I felt like the writing was on the wall, that if I want this to continue to be profitable, I needed to make this pivot. Secondly, for me, and I know I've talked about this on the show before, but for me, emotionally, to be pumped up and excited, you know, I had to look at this, you know, tragedy that's happening to all of us and everybody, you know, and obviously, you know, us, what's happening to our businesses is one thing, but obviously, you know, just everybody that's physically being affected by the pandemic, you know, that that's a worse scenario. So we're really lucky compared to a lot of people. Um, my good friend D who watches my dog triumph, she lives four doors down from me. Her dad passed away uh, just a couple of days ago from COVID, you know? So she's kind of the first person that I know like really directly. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is a terrible time for all of us. Um, but from a business standpoint, the only way that, you know, I could stay motivated was to figure out a way to try to come out the other side in a better position, not just hold. I, I'm just not interested in just kind of holding on to it. I got to turn this into a, a, a win somehow. I got to turn the frown upside down. And, you know, this is a very good potential way to do it. It's not a guarantee. I could, we could go under, I don't know. But I felt like we had a better chance of coming out with something cool and profitable doing this versus just kind of staying in the middle. I feel like, you know, what was so demotivating is the not knowing, right? The uncertainty of, well, should I advertise in less person or should I send that mail to everybody knowing that maybe next week we won't be in person again? Whereas this pivot that I made now, we know 100%. We made the call. We sent the email. We sent the video to all the students. There's no going back. We are doing this and now we can put 100% of our effort into making this work or trying to make this work. Now, this kind of move is not for everybody. It's probably not for very many of you. So I, I'm by all means, don't take this episode as me saying, you should do what I'm doing. I'm doing the right thing. Uh, not at all. Everybody is in different situations. I, I know some schools that really haven't gone backwards very much, just depending on you know, where they're located, how bad things were there, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so it's different for everybody. Um, if you're somebody who runs a smaller school and you're personally teaching a lot for your income, well, it's a lot easier for, for in that situation for you to maintain students for yourself. Even if you go backwards a little bit, you can kind of pivot and shift and, and, and probably make it through this just fine. For bigger schools, you know, that have a bigger financial overhead and, and other things going on, you know, it just all depends. It all depends. If, if you were big enough and you had a big enough profit cushion, well, you could probably take a big hit and still make money. You know, we, our school was kind of right in that category of pretty big overhead and expenses and right on that verge of like the next 50, 75 students, you know, it's just pure money in the pocket for us. Um, you know, but we also had very recently committed to purchasing another school, which, you know, we have to make some payments and stuff on. So 
you know, it was just kind of a series of unforeseen things that sort of all happened that put us in a tough situation. You know, we're also in that situation where California is very expensive. Everybody knows that. And when the economy is good, as it has been, California does great. So, you know, the GDP in California was like double what the rest of the country was, you know, for like the last six or seven, eight years, something like that. And we've had, you know, the state has had a surplus budget. We were going into 2020 forecasting a $21 billion surplus in the state budget. I don't think there's another state doing anything like that. Um, and we had a big rainy day fund of like 20 billion or $16 billion. All of that was just instantly wiped out. So this happened in 2008 as well. When the economy's bad, California feels it bad, worse than other states. And when the economy's really good, California benefits. And so we've been benefiting, but now you know, in 2008, the unemployment was higher in California than any other state. You know, now there are always cities within California that don't feel it as bad. It's kind of like its own little country. So you might be in one city with 11 or 12% unemployment, and then, you know, Orange County might only be 7%, you know, or whatever. So it bounces all over the place, but you know, all those factors, and it's just different for everybody. So I wouldn't recommend this really you know, for very many schools. It, it was just a timing thing for us that it seemed to make sense. And we are willing to, you know, we've been investing a bunch of money in gear for all of our teachers and setting up these really cool online teaching setups. And, you know, I have to be honest, I, I've watched a lot of other people give advice about, oh, do this kind of set. Here's what you should get for your online lessons or do it like this or do it like that. And quite honestly, I haven't seen anybody doing anything close to what we do. I haven't seen an example of an online lesson that looks or sounds like, like what we're doing. And, um, you know, so I, we're trying to get out ahead of this because this could be where a lot of people go. This could be much more the direction that people start to think about if it's not now, it might be soon. So the five and six-year-old that are currently struggling to do online, when I call, when that, I get that call today and they're like, yeah, I don't know my five-year-old, we're really kind of looking for in-person. I totally understand that and that's fine. But the other side of me, I'm thinking, okay, so where is that person going to go right now near me to do in-person lessons? Because I'm not talking to any other schools that are really open. And if they are, like, how good is that really going to be? And if those schools get closed down again, you know, at some point, this is going to be the option. And so I, I guess I'm trying to set myself up to be way ahead of everybody when this becomes the thing that everybody wants more of. Um, you know, and, and I don't mean to be a doom and gloomer at all. I mean, you know, God, I... I can't wait for, you know, things to be normal again, man. I'm missing out on, you know, I'm not seeing my family. I'm missing my normal Hawaii get together with my family. Um, you know, and, and I'm not willing, you know, I know people are traveling and doing stuff. I think that's super irresponsible. And I, I'm personally not willing to do that because I think we ought to take the hit harder so that we can get through this faster. And, you know, 
I mean, I'm going away for like a two day little motorcycle trip here in uh, a week or two, you know, but that's me on a motorcycle traveling down the highway. I'm not going to be interacting with anybody. Got my own hotel room, although, you know, I am riding with a couple other people. I, I'm already, I already told the guys I'm not going to any bars or restaurants. I'll order food and take it back to my hotel. I'm not sitting in a restaurant with you guys. I think it's totally unnecessary and stupid. I'll give my money to that restaurant and take my food home. And, uh, but you know, that's it. I'm not going to get on a plane, even if, you know, my family could get together in Hawaii. Um, you know, I know people are, are missing all these important things and we all feel that way every day. There's something like, Oh, I'm going to go do this. And I go, Oh yeah, we can't do any of that right now. And I don't know when I'll be able to go take that class or get back to trying to, you know, work on my, learn how to fly the paramotor and, you know, just other things that I like to do and, and work on and plans that I have from, you know, for myself. But, um, but on the other side of it, I feel like there's a, um, almost an unhealthy optimism from a lot of people. Um, you know, I mean, for example, you know, I, I know, dude, I would love to see, you know, follow my Rams this year. I love my Rams football. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's silly, you know, I mean, if you're following Major League Baseball, it sure didn't take long before it just turned into a total cluster. And I look at it and go, well, yeah, what, what did you think was going to happen? You know, and I could be wrong. I, I mean, I totally could be wrong. Next month, everybody could be open and back to normal, but probably not. Okay. And it just, the longer I think that we would have held on to trying to just wait it out, we're going to wait it out so we can open up and be normal again. I, I think it's going to be a lot longer than people are thinking. Um, and coming out of that, I would have been in a bad spot and I'm just, you know, not willing to, to risk that. So we'll see, right. You know, obviously in the show here, I'll just keep you guys updated. Um, you know, we sent the email out today. It's a video. I, I, I looked and, you know, there's been 120 views on the video. So, you know, there's another, you know. 200 people were the students that haven't seen it or watched it yet. Um, I haven't really got any email or anything from anybody yet, but I'm expecting that we will. Although, I mean, they're all doing online lessons right now. So it, it's, it's actually not really like an immediate, like, oh my God, we thought, I mean, well, let me rephrase this. I'm sure we have students because I'm hearing from some of their parents saying, we thought we'd be back to online lessons, you know, next month or next week. And I'm like, well, why, why were you thinking that? Because none of the schools are going to open. They're like, we were waiting to see what was going to happen with the schools. We thought the schools were open. It's like, well, the governor already said schools are not going to open. And if you just look at the fact that they're supposed to open a week from now and there's no plan, I think you're kidding yourself. But again, people are just sort of, you know, if we think positive and we will it away, maybe it'll just all change. That ain't going to happen. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to get some emails over the next few days. And then, you know, guaranteed you guys can relate to this. About two months from now, there's going to be somebody, oh, more than somebody. There'll be a bunch of students who are like, what? We never, 
what you're staying online. We never heard that, you know, because people just ignore everything important that you send out. Um, but, um, you know, we're prepared to go back backwards. A couple other things we're doing right now. And, and just to give you perspective is I got rid of a long term teacher that I was having problems with. I finally like, you know, just pulled the trigger, made that happen. And we felt like, you know what, now's the time. Like if there's anybody else, that's like sort of just hanging on. They're not really doing a great job, but you know, they've got a few students and we don't want to lose those students. So let's not fire them. Just do it all right now. Get rid of everybody. That's not happening right now. Um, you know, uh, take those hits, take the hit going online like this, let it go backwards and just take you know, tear the bandaid off in one swoop right now and feel that heat and get a new baseline and then have that to build up from. So, you know, that that's kind of another perspective element of this whole thing to think about. Um, our nonprofit that we've been kind of just toying with for a long time, we, we're actually fully ready to rock with that. So we also are going to have that running, which could help the school with a certain uh, amount of students coming through. So we have that going for us as well. And, you know, I'm nervous, but I'm excited at the same time. And I feel good that we finally just pulled this trigger and made the call and we were willing to just throw it out there and go, all right, guys, here's what we're doing. But now a lot of work begins. We you know, have to really have strict protocols with our teachers. So we're, we're jumping into lots of lessons and just observing a lot of these online lessons and making sure, okay, are you, they using the technology the way that we've set it up? Are they, you know, utilizing ManyCam this way? Are they following our lesson procedure, our teaching method, all these things? We're going to finish our teacher certification program that we have for our teachers. Um, that's something we're getting done right now. We got to kind of refigure how we're going to do our testing and rewards, you know, like, do we send stuff in the mail? Do we, you know, what's the procedure for all these things? So there's a lot of like little logistic things to work out. We're going to do a remodel in the little suite that we are keeping that will do drums and our band classes. We got to do a remodel in there, you know, but I'm excited. It's exciting to do something new and something different and see what we can build with it. I believe, I really do, you know, and maybe I won't be the school to do it right. Maybe it'll take some other school, but I'm going to try. I really believe that, like, we can build a tribe without having that building, you know, that we can build a tribe of online students from all over the country, maybe even outside the country that are as connected as our students were when they came to the school. Maybe. There's a way we can make them more connected because, you know, music lessons one-on-one, it's not really social for the student, you know? I mean, it's social for an adult guitar student to come hang with the teacher and chat about whatever, but, you know, for a 10-year-old, 11-year-old to come hang out with some 35, 40-year-old teacher, that's not really social, you know? I mean, it's not like they're with their peers and What's missing in music lessons is the community, the community among the students. There's no community of 
guitar students. There's a community of guitar players out there. They're all adults, though. You know, there, there's not a way for one 10-year-old, 11-year-old who plays guitar to really connect with another 11-year-old that plays guitar. And I don't have the answer to that, but I, I think that's a big missing element long-term to the music lesson world, that if we could solve that, would, would be a big, big thing. And, and, you know, I've talked about it a lot. You're probably sick of hearing about it, but, you know, I utilize these cycling websites where, you know, one of them called Zwift that I use now, you know, it does like virtual races. So I can set my bike up on a trainer and do a virtual stage of the Tour de France against hundreds of other people around the world. And there's a leaderboard, there's a winner, you get prizes, you get badges, you get all this gamer stuff, right? But, it, you know, yeah, it's adults. But how do, we, how do we do something like that? So, I mean, there are people making YouTube videos of them racing on their indoor trainer doing a Zwift race. They're not even outside in a real bike race. Now, a lot of them do it for training so that they can go do real bike races. And... I see musicians should be able to do that same thing, right? Um, but, you know, I don't have the answer to how to put all that together, but that's the element that's missing, that if we could socialize it and make a community for the music students, you could connect people all over the world. And maybe that's what it's going to take because, you know, guitar players, it's not going up. It's going down. There's less guitar, you know, there's less people learning to play guitar, less people learning to play drums. It's going the other direction. And if we don't make a change, if we just keep doing lessons, you know, um, the way we always have, and I see a lot, you know, honestly, I, I see a lot of that kind of mentality in all the Facebook groups that I would say sounds like, angry old people talk, you know, where it's like these kids today, they don't get, you know, how we did it. And, you know, I learned at this conservatory and that's how I'm going to do it with these students. You know, it's like, it's like when you hear old people complaining about kids being on social media, it's like the same thing, you know? And it's like, if we continue down that road, we're not going to change this. And, and do something to inspire more students, right? Right? Triumph clearly agrees. And don't get me wrong, I am definitely old right along with you. All right, guys, so that's what's happening. And uh, I hope you continue to follow along with the podcast. And I'll give you updates as things go. I would say even by next week's um, podcast, maybe I'll have some data on feedback from people and how many students we lost or gained. Uh, and things like that. And, uh, you know, I did sign up with one student today and they were in Idaho. So that's exciting. All right, guys, thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast is made possible by your support over on Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash music lesson business academy and consider becoming a supporter.